Don't tell me because you don't have everybody here, you can't praise the Lord. Amen? Come on. Woo, yes. To God be the glory. We're not going to have any children church this morning because my wife is not here. But to God be the glory. Back in Israel, the apostles are having a wonderful time in the Lord. But up the coast, on into Syria, there's a small community of believers. And it's so fascinating that these men and women too are in prayer and they're seeking the Lord with everything in them. And this handful of Christians, matter of fact, they haven't yet been, been called Christians, but those of the way they are magnifying the Lord with everything in them. And for the very first time, they heard a voice that they have never heard before. I mean, this voice audibly spoke to the entire group. And when these men responded to this voice, it literally changed the course of human history for Gentiles. <laughs> I just... <laughs> this wasn't Peter's voice talking. This wasn't John. They were back in Jerusalem. men who were outside of Israel. They were in what we call today a prayer meeting. And the one who's speaking is the Holy Spirit himself. Yes! They had never, in fact, None of us have read anywhere in the scriptures where the Holy Spirit spoke to a group of people and they heard him. The entire group heard the Holy Ghost talk. Now imagine that. That must have blew them away. And what we're going to see Lord Jesus, by the Holy Spirit himself, is taking the lead into new territory, going to a people who didn't know the God of Israel, did not know that this God, who's the only true God, had sent his son Jesus. They didn't know this. For they knew that their gods were the right gods. 
But oh, they were about to be schooled. Isn't that what we like to say today? They were about to be shown the true, the one and only living God and his son Jesus. This is what we describe as Paul's first missionary journey. And let me tell you, these brothers by the Holy Ghost <laughs> is about to shake up the gates of hell. Are you hearing me? They were not bashful. They were not afraid. Because now they had a power that they never had before going with them. And they have, they have never gone before. This is new. This is brand new. That the gospel is now getting ready to be what? Spread. The true meaning of apostle is now being demonstrated. The word apostle means sent out. You didn't know that, did you? And now these men is being sent out by the Holy Spirit. Let's see after we pray. Father, we come to you now in the precious name of your son, Jesus. Lord, glory to your holy name. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for the work that you did on earth and the work that you've done through these men, Paul and Barnabas and others. Lord, those works still stand today. Lord, these villages and these towns, these cities in which you sent your sons to, to minister your gospel to people who didn't know you, didn't even know your father, the Lord God himself, were about to be changed. And what's really sad in this, this account if there is a sadness, it's the Jews who try to stop it. Instead of encouraging, knowing that these brothers were speaking the gospel from the truth of your word. But that didn't stop your Holy Spirit from moving. And we're glad, Lord, that these men, in spite of opposition, remain faithful. <coughs> And Lord God, we're praying that today that you give us the same kind of strength, the same kind of courage, the same anointing to go out and to do your will, to preach Jesus and him crucified and him coming again. Now, Lord, as we look closely into your word, as the Holy Ghost begin to preach to us, preach it, Holy Spirit, preach it so that every heart will be pricked and every heart will receive for your glory, Father, and the glory of your Son, Jesus. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Acts chapter 13. Set aside for me, he's going to say. Set aside. What does that mean? As we get ready to get there, that means that the Holy Spirit just pulled these brothers out of the crowd and set them aside 
all by themselves for the work in which he's going to send them to do. As I was contemplating on this message this past week, it's one of the things that the Lord showed me to share with you. And please hear me carefully. Every one of you have received a calling from the Holy Ghost for the work of the ministry. The question now lies before you. Are you listening? Are you listening? Today, as the Spirit brings forth the Word of God to you, let him that has an ear hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. And do not get confused. Your occupation for his calling. I'm going to say that again. Do not get confused. Your occupation for man with the calling of the Holy Spirit. It's very important that we understand the difference. One, you went in on an interview for and you get paid for by a man. This one, you didn't go on an interview for. The Holy Ghost didn't ask to see your credentials because he is your credentials. Are you listening to me now? You don't have to go to school for him. He is the school. He gives us everything we need for the work of ministry. Amen. Everything. He knows our inabilities and he knows our abilities. Amen. You hear me? And he knows how much wisdom to pour into you, how much knowledge to give you, and how much understanding. Because the word of God says over in Romans 12 that God has given every man a measure of faith. That means he knows how much to give you. So with that said, now in the church that was at Antioch, notice this, this is outside of Israel. Church outside of Israel. That was in Antioch, there was certain prophets and teachers. And notice that prophecy and instructions go together. God sends a word and someone teaches you how to carry out that word. Amen. Prophecy and instructions goes together. So let's not lose sight of that. Barnabas, Simon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Mananin, 
who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch and Saul, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, you notice that? They had prepared their vessels to hear from God. The Holy Spirit said, and I wanted to make sure I was understanding the word of God, that it was the Holy Spirit speaking. He said, Now separate to me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. There's no other place in Scripture where the Holy Spirit himself has spoken so boldly to a group of people. And he called these people out by name. He said, I have called them. Set them aside right now. He said, now, right now. Not tomorrow, not next week, but now. Right now. I want them now. And so, we're always looking into the future when God's going to do something, aren't we? What, what, what the Lord wants me to do? When is the Lord going to call me? When is the Lord going to move upon me? When is the Lord going to equip me? Stop crying and start listening. Because they've already been talking and you just haven't been listening. And so, here they are. And verse 3 said, Then, having fasted and prayed, it was over with, and laid hands on them, they sent them away. Folks, it was time to go do the work of the ministry. It was no procrastination, no, uh, I need a little bit more time, or uh, can you go over the scriptures a little bit more with me? Or I need to go raise money like they do today. Now, what did those brothers do? When they finished praying, when they finished fasting, what did they do? They laid hands on them. And then they sent them away. All right, go. Go do what the Holy Ghost told you to do. Are we going to be that bold and courageous for the Lord Jesus Christ? When the Spirit of God says to one of you or to some of you or to all of us, it says, go. Are we going to be willing to step out and go? Notice now, these men did not have an agenda. They didn't have what we call in the military an operation order that details everything that has to be done and synchronize everything in the order in which they are to be done. These men had to go under the leading of God himself because that's who the Holy Spirit is. And you never know when the Spirit is going to say to you, come on here, let's go. You remember when Jesus made the statement? He told a group of people, he said, come and follow me. And some said, well, Lord, I just got a piece of land. Let me go and prove it. And others say, well, I just got a set of oxen. Let me go and work with them to tame them. 
Okay? And then another one said, well, Lord, let me go and bury my dad. My father just died. Hmm. You understand what the Lord response was? Let those dead bury the dead. And those who are spiritually dead, let them bury. But you come and follow me. Okay? But he also added something else that we need to be cautious of. He said, any man who's worth putting his hand to the plow, okay, he cannot do what? Look back. When you're plowing a field, I know I used to do it as a teenager on the tractors growing up for West Farm. When you're plowing, you must keep your eyes, what, Deacon? Straight forward. Yes, you were going to do this. I've done that before and made the boss mad. He said, go back and do it again. Or you're going to hit something. You're going to run into something. Then you tear the equipment up. But in God's kingdom, whatever the spirit is calling you to do, <coughs> excuse me, you must do it. I must do it. And I, <coughs> excuse me, and I have to admit to you, I haven't always been faithful in doing that. But God has always been faithful to me. He's always been faithful to you. And so we have to come back and reevaluate in the twinkling of an eye. That's how fast this decision came forth to these men. All of a sudden they're praying and boom, there's the Holy Spirit talking. Prime meeting over with? Nope, not going back for dinner. We're packing our bags. We're gone. We're gone. Where are you going? He's the GPS. Watch this. So being sent out by the Holy Spirit, they went down to Cilicia, and from there they sailed to Cyprus. They got on a boat. Cyprus is like a little island. It's not really that little, is it, Mr. David? Cyprus is actually pretty big in the Mediterranean Sea. So they got on a boat. All right? And when they arrived in Salamis, they preached the word of God in the synagogues of the Jews. They also had John as their assistant. This is not the John that wrote the Gospel of John. Okay? This is John Mark, who wrote the Gospel of Mark. He's still a young man. Okay? He's a cousin of Barnabas. So they get to this place and they begin to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ to the Jews according to the scriptures. They're speaking and they're preaching and they're preaching and they're preaching and people are being saved. The Jews had never heard this kind of message before because all the messages that they've been receiving, it was from the Torah, from the Old Testament. But what they didn't know that all that was being preached to them over the years in the, from the Old Testament 
has now been fulfilled. In fact, had been fulfilled by Jesus. Amen. They didn't know this. <laughs> and now this new group of folks come on board. They haven't been trained in the rabbinical school where Paul was. He, he was a Pharisee. But he knew the word of God. But Jesus showed him that he was the fulfillment of everything for the Messiah. Jesus himself was the fulfillment. So imagine now, you're carrying a gospel to a people knowing that if you come in there with something else, they're going to do what to you? They're going to do what? Say it again. They're going to stone you because they think you're a heretic. You're coming in with a false gospel. You're preaching against Moses and the law. And eventually that claim will come up against Paul, won't it? But now, under the guidance of the Holy Spirit, these persons now, these people in new territory, preaching the gospel. And the Jews are listening. At least most of them. Let's see. Now when they had gone through the island to Paphos, they found a certain sorcerer. Keep that in mind. A false prophet, a Jew whose name was Barjesus, who was with the proconsul. A proconsul is almost like a governor. Okay? It's a government official. So Jordan's Paulus, an intelligent man, this man called for Barnabas and Saul and sought to hear the word of God. Elymas, the sorcerer, for so his name is translated, withstood them. What was happening here? Somebody tell me what was going on. Paul them out preaching the gospel, right? And the word is spread. He said, hey, there's something happening down there. So this government official get word of it because he knew the one true God, at least knew of him, right? And now he wanted more of this new doctrine, this new message that's changing people's lives. But Satan wasn't happy, was he? Because you know that this man, this Jewish man that knew the law, knew that he's supposed to have been put to death for being a sorcerer. Allow Satan to use him. And he goes and he tries to stop the gospel. Do you recall Jesus over in northern Israel in a place called Chazar Philippi? He's standing there with his disciples at this rock formation where they worship the God Pan. And he tells them, or asks the question, who do men say that I am? The, the great question, right? And they give him all kinds of answers. Then he made it very personal and said, well, who do you say? And Peter, under the anointing of the Holy Spirit, said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. <laughs> and you know, as it goes on in Paul, I mean, uh, Peter is told different things. And then Jesus says to him, he says, I say to you, Thou art who? Peter. And upon this rock I will build my Church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. So what is he meant by that? I mean, there's going to be war, people. That means folks are going to come after you. Why? Because demons are going to send them after you. 
And that's what was happening here. The demons are raging because they're losing souls. Paul would later write that God took you out of the kingdom of darkness and conveyed you into the light of the kingdom of his son, of his what? Beloved. Amen. In other words, God himself took you out of demonic kingdoms and plucked you up and conveyed you like a conveyor belt, moved you by the spirit from the kingdom of darkness that had you in bondage and on your way to hell and took you and put you in the kingdom of his son, Jesus, the son in whom he's well pleased. Amen. Amen. And so the kingdom of darkness now is struggling with the kingdom of God. Do you see this? So as he opposed them or withstood them, seeking to turn the proconsul away from faith. People, that's what Satan does. That is the sole purpose of demonic warfare is to turn you away from the faith in Jesus Christ, the Son of God. But thank God for the Holy Spirit who gives you a gift called discernment. And you're able to identify that this is not from God. This is from Satan, the evil one. And under the anointing of the Spirit, you're able to call that demon out. Knowing there's power. In the name of Jesus. Yes, baby. That's right. And don't you forget it. Then Saul, who also is called Paul, he has his Hebrew name and he has his Greek name, Saul and Paul, filled with the Holy Spirit. Hello. This is a different Saul than the one went to Damascus, Syria. The one that first went to Damascus, Syria was on the movement of another kind of spirit. And it wasn't God. This time he belongs to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Amen? Amen? And the Spirit of God is in him. And it tells you right there, filled with the Holy Spirit. Look intently at him and said, other words, Paul got in his face. Okay? That's what Paul did. He got in his face. Don't be bashful. Get in them demons' face and call them what they are. Because you got something greater than he is. You got the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Woo! Watch what happened. All full of deceit and fraud, you son of the devil. Look, 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 look. You enemy of all righteousness, will you not cease perverting the straight ways of the Lord? And now indeed the hand of the Lord is upon you. And you shall be blind, not seeing the sun for a time. The word time also can be translated a season. And immediately what happened? Now, In the name of Jesus, what just happened? 
Look, 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 look at the next verse. And immediately a dark mist fell on him, and he went around seeking someone to lead him by the hand. <laughs> then the proconsul believed. Whoa, can you imagine if you were seeking this one called Jesus, and all of a sudden this happened right in front of you? What do you think it did to that proconsul? Made a believer out of him, didn't it? Why? Come on, say it. Because there's power in the name of who? In the name of Jesus. So when Paul did it, this man went blind right there in front of the proconsul. You don't think the proconsul didn't know the reputation of this sorcerer? He wasn't stupid. But then he's seen a greater power at work in Paul. And his name is? Jesus. Jesus. Now, who you going to believe? Jesus. Who you going to follow now? Jesus. Yeah, that's it, baby. <laughs> now, when Paul and his party set sail from Paphos, they came to Perga and uh, Pamphylia, and John, departing from them, returned to Jerusalem. That's a statement y'all need to remember for later. Okay? Just remember that now John Mark left them. He said, I'm out of here. I'm going home. Okay? But when they departed from Perga, they came to Antioch and Poseidon and went into the synagogues of, on the Sabbath day and sat down. That's kind of re reminiscent of who doing that. Who was known for going in on the Sabbath day in the synagogue and sitting down? Jesus. Jesus. That's right, you're doing your homework. You go, girl. Jesus will go into the synagogues on the Sabbath and sit down. Then it said in verse 15, and after the reading of the law and the prophets, remember, I just told you earlier that's typically what would take place in the synagogue, the reading of the law and the prophets, or the Old Testament, right? And after reading of the law and the prophets, the rulers of the synagogue sent to them, saying, Men and brethren, if you have any word of exhortation for the people, say on. Do you realize what just happened? Do you understand how powerful what just happened is? Do you, do you understand this? <coughs> Shake your head if you don't. Shake your head and say, No, I don't understand. No, I don't. For a Jewish synagogue leader, to send for some men who were not rabbis and ask them, do you have any words of encouragement for us? Meaning they must know something was taking place. People, this is the work of God and God alone. For Jews to say, hey, y'all got anything for us? <laughs> And watch what happened. Because what you're going to see now is the Holy Ghost opening up a door. Are you seeing this? Mm -hmm. And when he opened this door, other words, we call it a moment of opera. Watch what happens. And it is warm in here. Yes, sir. Then Paul stood up and motioning with his hand and said, now, this is the part that you have to listen very carefully to because, brothers and sisters, Paul is about to take what they already know. 
Are you hearing me? <coughs> Paul is about to take what they already know and show them Jesus. He's about to show them Jesus in the Old Testament. Y'all ready for this? Because yes. if, if the Holy Spirit ever leads you to witness the Jews, you can't argue with them. You just simply need to show them Jesus in the scriptures. Because that's what Paul did. Watch how wonderfully and eloquently he does it by the Holy Spirit. Look at this. Look at this. <laughs> then Paul stood up, <clears throat> motioning with his hands, said, Men of Israel and you who fear God. There's, there's a, 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 a distinction that has to be made here in that statement. Men of Israel. Who's he talking to? Who, who did he just address? And those who fear God. You got it. Someone doing homework. Praise the Lord. So we've got two different groups of people here. He's about to address both. And the ones who he categorizes those who fear God are known as proselytes. They're Gentiles who converted to Judaism. Okay? And so now Paul addressing one audience. Two groups, one audience. Amen? He said, listen, the God of this people, Israel, chose our fathers and exalted the people when they dwelt as strangers in the land of Egypt. And with an uplifted arm, he brought them out of it. Now for a time of about 40 years, he put up with their ways in the wilderness. And when he had destroyed seven nations in the land of Canaan, he distributed their land to, their, to them by allotment. After that, he gave them judges for about 450 years until Samuel the prophet. And afterward, they asked for a king. So God gave them Saul, the son of Kish, a man of the tribe of Benjamin for 40 years. Interesting point there. Paul is also from the tribe of Benjamin. And when he had removed him, he raised up for them David as king, to whom also he gave testimony and said, I have found David, the son of Jesse, a man after my own heart, who will do all my will. From this man's seed, according to the promise, God raised up for Israel a Savior, Jesus. Did you see what he just did? He walked them down memory lane. And he plugged in who? Jesus. Jesus. <laughs> Ain't God good? Right. After John had first preached before his coming, whose John is he addressing here? John Mark, who just went home? John the Baptist. John the Baptist. Amen. The Holy Ghost is all over y'all today. Look at you. So, preach before his coming, the baptism of repentance to all the people of Israel. And as John was finishing his course, he said, Who do you think I am? I am not he, but behold, there comes one after me, the sandals of whose feet I am not worthy to loose. He just told you John was just introducing Jesus to the people. Okay? In fact, the people knew John was a prophet, and they listened to John. Until Herod got a hold of him and killed him, Herod Antipas. And so, <coughs> moving right along, verse 26, men and brethren, sons of the family of Abraham, he's talking to the Jews now, right? And those among you who fear God. You see another distinction? Who's that? The Gentiles. The Gentiles. 
To you the word of this salvation has been sent. In other words, God now fulfilling his plan, for God so loved the that he gave his only begotten son. In other words, not just for you Jews only, but for the Gentiles also, for everyone. All right? This is powerful. This is huge. To you the word of the Lord or salvation has been sent for those who dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers because they did not know him, nor even the voices of the prophets which are read every Sabbath have fulfilled them in condemning him. Let me stop for a second. The rulers of Israel, talking about the Sanhedrin. Sanhedrin means council. And it's made up of probably three different factions. The Herodians, those were Herod sympathizers. Pharisees, and what's the other group? Sadducees. Sadducees, okay. Even though they knew the scripture, they were blind to the things that was to come about the Messiah. And they were the one allied with the Gentiles, the Romans, to put God's holy one, Jesus, to death. That's what he's describing to them. But he's going to bring it home here. He's about to nail something home here. And this is what you have to do. When you preach the gospel to people, when you share the gospel with someone, you cannot leave out of these facts. Don't sugarcoat the gospel because you won't, do not want to offend someone. You better let people know, even though God chose Israel, that Israel was an intricate part of God bringing the Messiah to the earth. Are you understanding me? And it's important that you also understand that, that not only did God use this nation, but this nation hardened his heart against God by turning their hearts against God's Holy One, Jesus. And they raised up against them and had the Romans to nail him to a tree. Fulfilling the prophecy said by Moses, curses everyone who hangs on a tree. And Paul will later write that Jesus became a curse for us so that you and I wouldn't be cursed by God. Hello. Powerful stuff happening here. You just need to understand the scriptures and how they're laid out. And this is powerful. And, you, and I, I tell you this, those Jews are now listening. And they're probably on the edge of their seats listening. Because all of their lives they've been taught that the Messiah is coming. They were not taught that he's already here. And in Paul's case, not only is he already here, but he has died and rose again and gone back to heaven and coming back again. And so now they're on the edge of their seats. God, what? The Messiah has already come? And he has already established a kingdom? Because they were looking for another kind of kingdom. They were looking for a kingdom that was similar to that of the monarch of King David. They missed it. He wasn't coming to give them a physical kingdom. He was coming to bring the kingdom of God. Amen. Remember in his first sermon, he says, seek you first the kingdom of God. Whoa, y'all know it. Yes and yes. <coughs> That's the kingdom he came to set up. And yes, David will sit upon his throne by way of Jesus. And so these Jews, they're listening. 
Paul them have their attention now. Because they're going, what? Yes. I don't know what time it is. I don't have my watch on. So, people, look at this. Look at it very carefully in verse 27. For those who dwell in Jerusalem and their rulers because they did not know him, talking about Jesus, nor even the voices of the prophets which are read every Sabbath have fulfilled them in condemning him. And though they found no cause of death in him, they asked Pilate that he should be put to death. Now when they had fulfilled all that was written concerning him, and probably one of the greatest prophecies that he's referring to here is Isaiah 53. Okay. They took him down from the tree and laid him in a tomb. Isaiah 53 again. But God raised him from the dead. Isaiah 53. Amen. Psalm 16 said he would be pierced. And that God was not allow his holy one to see corruption. Watch this. Watch the scriptures be fulfilled here as Paul talked to these Jews. Listen, listen. Psalms 2 and Psalm 16. It's going to come right out in front of you. But God raised him from the dead. He was seen for, for many days by those who came up with him from Galilee to Jerusalem, who are his witnesses to the people. And we declare to you glad tidings. Otherwise, good news. Tidings means good news, okay? That promise which was made to the Father. Other words, what God has said from Abraham on up what he was going to do with the nation of Israel and ultimately for the world, God has fulfilled those promises in Jesus. God has fulfilled this for us, their children, in that he has raised up Jesus. It is also written in the second Psalm, the Psalms number two, listen to it. You are my son, today I have begotten you. In other words, that's when God told Jesus, I'm about to make you a human. Mm-hmm. Not that Jesus had to be created. God said, I'm about to put human flesh on you. Ooh. Okay? And then you're going to go down and be one of them. Thank you, Lord. You got that? Isn't God awesome? Say amen, piano player. Amen. <laughs> so, and that he raised him from the dead, no more to return to corruption. He has spoken thus, I will give you the sure mercies of David. Other words, let me go back, that you will not, he will not uh, return to corruption. Mean, uh, uh, dear nurse in the back right here, it means that he will not rot. His body will not experience the second law of thermodynamics, which is decay. Okay? His flesh won't stink. Thank God. <laughs> Amen? Amen. <laughs> and so... It blew me away. Because in Psalm 16, it tells you and I that you will not leave my soul in shul. S-H-E-O-L. That's the Hebrew word for the grave. Nor allow your Holy One to see corruption. Otherwise, you won't rot. His body would not rot. Jesus was dead for three days. You was in law enforcement. I was in law enforcement. We know what happened to a body after three days, don't we? And the Holy Ghost did not allow decay to come to his body. Back off. Amen? 
good stuff. And so he's teaching. Boy, and I imagine now the rabbi is sitting in that synagogue, their chins are on the floor. Because they know, they know what Psalm 16 says. They know what Psalms 2 says. Amen? Amen. And I can all imagine when they got to Psalms 26. <laughs> and Psalms 22, especially when it says, My God, my God, why have thou forsaken me? I can see them old rabbis now wiping their eyes. Go, whoa. He has already come and said this. And Paul eagerly by the Holy Spirit going, yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Amen? Amen. Therefore, he also says in another Psalm, you will not allow your Holy One to see corruption. Psalm 16. For David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep and was buried with his father and saw corruption. So if you want to talk about, did you know what Jesus just did there through Paul? He just made a distinguishment between that which is alive and that which is dead. David is still dead. Even unto this day, David is still dead. Jesus, the Son of God, is not dead. So Paul just made the distinguishment, showing the Jews that Jesus is greater than David. Amen. 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 And these Jews knew that the Messiah would be the Son of God. They knew from Psalms too when God said, Today I have begotten thee. He says, You are my son. Today I have begotten thee. Can I say that to David? Even though David wrote Psalms too, did you know that? David was writing by the anointing of the Holy Spirit. Yes. And David wrote Psalms 22 also. Oh. Yeah. And I can only imagine that as he's writing this, he's thinking, boy, I would love to have this to be about me. <laughs> Especially over in Psalm 16 when it said, you will not leave your Holy One in shoals. You will not leave my soul in shore, nor allow your Holy One to see corruption. You don't think they would love to say, Woo! I'm not going to die. Mm -mm. So David knew it was right that It had to be someone else. And this one had to be greater than him. Especially in that Psalms 2 when he wrote, You are my son. Today I have begotten thee. Awesome. Yes. But he whom God raised up saw no corruption, although Jesus didn't rot. Therefore, let it be known to you, brothers, that through this man, talking about Jesus, is preached to you the forgiveness of sin. David cannot forgive sin. Only Jesus can. And by him, everyone who believes is justified from all things in which you could not be justified by the law of Moses. Here's another one. This was huge for the Jews, everybody. Here's what you got to understand. The law came and condemned them. And it pointed to them that they needed to be saved. 
But Jesus came and told them, though you sin against God, yet you shall be justified. In other words, God said, I will treat you as if you've never sinned against me. The same Paul would later write in his letter to the Colossians, and he said he took the ordinance, in other words, the papers that are written in heaven that was against you, that's me and you, and he nailed them to the tree with him. So there's no record in heaven of you and I ever sinning against God. Whew. Isn't that powerful? So those Jews in that audience, they would understand this. Paul is hitting them right between the eyes. Wow. And then he goes on and says, Beware therefore lest what has been spoken in the prophets come upon you. There's the warning. Now the Gentiles may not necessarily understand this part, Dick. But the Jews certainly understood it, Mr. David. And this is the understanding that they had to have. Behold, you despisers, marvel and perish. For I work a work in your days, a work which you will by no means believe, though one were to declare it to you. In other words, God said by Jesus through the mouth of the prophet, some of you are not going to believe, and some of you are going to despise me. And some of you are going to be so surprised that you can't believe that I am he who was sent. And you're going to perish in your sins. That, my friends, was the warning from God. And you know what? Paul is about to see some of these despisers right in front of him. And you, when you preach the gospel, when you share the gospel... You too are going to see some of these despisers in front of you. And I need to remind you that the same Jesus that hung on the cross to save us is also the same Jesus that ordered the flood. Hello. And he's the same Jesus that commands hell. Hmm. He's the same God of heaven as he is of the earth. And he's the same God of hell. When he says, my father has given all judgment unto me because I am the son of man. In other words, I'm just like one of you. Therefore, God has appointed Jesus to judge the human race. He's the same one that was here when the earth opened up and swallowed 3,000 in the wilderness because they rejected Moses and by doing so rejected God. So need I tell you anymore who this Jesus is? Same Jesus that hung on the cross that walked out of that grave on the third day is the same one that's going to be coming back and he's going to kill millions. Are you hearing me? But at the moment, he's also the same loving father that's going to save millions. That's right. And that's what he's doing now. Amen. Amen. Yeah, give him some glory. That's what he's doing now. 
He's there being loving and kind and gracious to a people that didn't know him. And he's giving them the opportunity to come into the family of God so that they don't have to perish. But with the good news also comes a warning. Don't reject him. Don't reject him. But you know what? We fail to give people this warning. Why? Because we've been taught by tradition that we don't need to offend people. But folks need to know the truth. If they reject Jesus, they reject God. And by rejecting God, they rejecting everything that he has. Therefore, they will have no part in his kingdom. Y'all hear me? I know you're very sensitive to this. I know you are. But you must tell the people the truth. I must, the Holy Ghost beat me up about the great outdoors. I've become so buddy-buddy with them that I've gotten my first love for Jesus for them. Some of those men and women are going to burn in hell if they don't change. Some of them I I love with all my heart. Some of them you love, Shelly, and you, Emma, and you, Arve. But if they don't change, they're going to burn in hell. I'm just keeping it real according to the scriptures. Are y'all understanding me? Some of them pretty little ladies at the Plantation Oaks where you work at now. Unless some of them change their ways and they're not too old to change. A 97-year-old woman got saved over there a couple of years ago. So don't tell me you ain't too old to change. Amen. Huh? Amen. Huh? Your husband pointing at you. My dad was 95. Your dad was 95, see? See, hello? So don't tell me the Holy Spirit can't save souls. Because let me tell you, some of these men in this audience were old men. Are y'all hearing me? Let's face the facts now. Not everybody's between age 20 and 50 in this, in this audience. Okay? Because most of the people in Israel, young people wouldn't give them any attention if they were not elders. You understand that? So I want to bring reality to you from the scriptures. And there's probably some teenage boys, Carlton, and, and Vernon, and Arve, sitting in this audience. Okay? Because they were students of the rabbis. And they're hearing this gospel for the first time in their life, too. And a teenage boy, by the time he's running his age, and RVH, because both of them are 17, they know more about the scriptures than the average person go to our seminaries for 20 years. Do you know that? Because they're taught from being a little bitty fellow, and they had to memorize the scriptures by heart. Mm-hmm. Am I right, Mr. David? Yeah. So they knew more about the scriptures than the average 30, 40, 50, 60-year-old from our seminaries. So they're sitting there, and they're hearing this, too. Poor y'all didn't know the Holy Ghost going to point some stuff out to you today, did you? <laughs> He's awesome in all of his ways, isn't he? Amen. Verse 42, so when the Jews went out of the synagogue, the Gentile begged 
that these words might be preached to them the next Sabbath. In other words, they said, come on back. We want to hear more. Now when the congregation had broke up, broken up, men of the Jews and devout proselytes, that's Gentiles again, okay, followed Paul and Barnabas, who, speaking to them, persuaded them to continue in the grace of God. So they, these men, Paul and Barnabas, turned to this crowd of both Jews and Gentile believers and said, look, stay with Jesus. Don't walk away from him. You now has been given the golden gift of seeing the scriptures being fulfilled in you. You now believe. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. Did you hear that? Amen. Now that's powerful. Amen. On the next Sabbath, just a week later, and they didn't have cars and buses to go and get people and give them rides to the synagogue. These people had to walk a distance, some of them. And yet, the scripture tells you and I that the whole city almost came out to hear the word of God. I mean, somebody went back talking, didn't he? Word somebody, how say again? The word spread. The word spread. Somebody was on fire. Amen. Unlike us, hear the word and go home and be through with it. Come on, tell the truth. But these folks, something began to burn in their souls. Mm -hmm. The word of God began to move and stir up in them. The Holy Spirit was at work. To bring that whole number of people back to hear the gospel the next week? Now what happens? Watch this. On the next Sabbath, almost the whole city came together to hear the word of God. But when the Jews saw the multitudes, they were filled with envy. Yes. Because now... Paul and Barnabas were able to reach a group of people that they were not able to reach. And they got jealous. They were the rock stars. <laughs> yeah, Paul and Barnabas was the rock star of their day with the gospel. Okay? Did you know that they had the same gospel? The only difference is they didn't have Jesus in it. At least they didn't know he was in it. But the Holy Spirit sent this, these men... He didn't give them a new gospel, did he? No. He just came and told them this gospel was fulfilled in this one named Jesus, the Son of God. And this is what he came and did. And the Holy Spirit moved powerful among this community. Moving on. And this is what they did. They were filled with envy and contradicting and blaspheming. Whoa! Do you know what the last statement meant? Well, yes. Death! And not just physical death, eternal death, eternal separation from God. They didn't realize the damage that they were doing to themselves. Because they don't believe the way we believe. They don't do things the way we do them. <coughs> tradition. Can't you see tradition in this, Mr. David? Mm -hmm. Oh, he come with something new. 
What's wrong with what we've been getting all these years? <laughs> What's wrong is that the Son of God came there for your sins and rose again on the third day. That's the difference. And he's the one now when you put Messiah, you put his name Jesus. That's the difference. And he's the one bringing you life. Amen. Even on your deathbed, you get life from him. Amen. You're not Amen. sitting up here cold, are you? You better get heated by the Holy Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and so, Blasphemy, they opposed the things spoken by Paul. Then Paul and Barnabas grew bold and said, do you think the Holy Ghost is moving in these brother brown about now? Yes. They grew bold and said, it was necessary that the word of God should be spoken to you first because Jesus had told his disciples, the first ones, that do not go in the way of the Gentile, but go first to the lost sheep of the house of who? Israel. In other words, you remember when the Serial Phoenician woman came and asked him to cast a demon out of her daughter. Mm -hmm. You remember our Lord's response? It is not meant to take the children's food and throw it to the dog. Well, that's kind of harsh in our eyes, right? But the lady came back and said, Yeah, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs that falls from the master's table. Amen. Amen. And he said, Go, for your faith has made your daughter whole. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Otherwise, he had just told that woman that it was meant for who? Israel. Mm -hmm. And dogs were Gentiles. I don't know if y'all knew this. How I many of you knew that that was a name that the Jews gave Gentiles? Dogs. Huh? And we got, we're getting ready to close out. It's been a long time. Emma, God bless you. Don't let your hands get tired, baby. <laughs> and so... Look what he says. <coughs> but since you rejected it, talking about the gospel, and judge yourselves unworthy of everlasting life, behold, we turn to the Gentiles. For so the Lord has commanded us. I have set you as a light to the Gentiles. That you should be for salvation to the ends of the earth. Now when the Gentiles heard this, they were glad and glorified the word of the Lord. And as many as had been appointed to eternal life, believed. Now I need to point something out to you all there. It is, there was a great turning point here now in Israel among the Jews. Okay, when I'm talking about Israel, I'm talking about the people Israel. No matter where they were living. Because they refused to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. This was the turning point. When the Holy Ghost says, no longer now will we put emphasis on you. We will now go to the nations. Folks, that word Gentile there, do you know what the word is in Greek? Ethnos. What we translate as nations. Now what's about to be fulfilled, go you into all the world and preach. Somebody got to finish it with me. 
and preach. He said, go into all the earth and do what? Make, preach the gospel and make disciples. And baptize them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Last Sunday at Post Spring, where were those people from? Turkey. Turkey, the country, Turkey. Turkey. When I ask, is there anyone else want to be baptized in the death of Lord Jesus Christ and live for him forever? The lady from Turkey, you were standing the closest, said, I want to be baptized in Jesus. I said, say, say, yes, I want to be baptized in Jesus. I said, okay. She wanted to go in. And as I continue, when I finish with Brandon, when I finish with her, Ness, is there any other? The guy standing back weeping said, I too want to be baptized into Jesus' death. And what did he do, Dick? He stepped down in the water. Now, what did you witness? Did you witness something as I witnessed it? The man was shaking like a leaf on a tree. And I said, it's going to be okay, son. I said, just hold on to me tightly. And I gently put him under the water. <laughs> and brought him back up. That, that's right. Told him, <laughs> hold on with both hands because I'm able to hold him up with the Holy Ghost. Amen? Amen. And what did y'all witness? Y'all witnessed the Holy Spirit moving. And did you notice the spring broke out in jubilance? Did y'all notice that? Come on. Did you notice the springs broke out in jubilance? Yeah, and clapping. Did you hear the hallelujahs in the background? Woo-hoo! I wish y'all all could have been there to see that. Yes. That was pretty cool. That was. To God be the glory. Lord Jesus magnified. Amen? Amen. And so you don't know what the Holy Spirit is going to do. I heard that woman tell somebody that what you were doing, you know, the Turkish, I guess, whatever. Language they speak? Yeah. Amen. God had a good day. <laughs> what did you call it? Did you say something? I thought you called it something. Uh, maybe not when you, someone said God got three for one or something. Yeah. I thought it was you saying something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Got a three yeah. <laughs> anyway, folks, what you see here is that, look, look, look carefully as the scriptures is being closed out here in this, that in, that, in verse 48, the second part there, and as many as had been appointed to eternal life believed. That means the Holy Spirit deliberately went out to these Gentiles. Did you see that? But those who have been appointed, that means long before God has created them, he had decided that these Gentiles would be saved. Are y'all getting this? And when they came and the gospel hit them, guess what their hearts did? Open up and receive Jesus. On the other hand, you had some who closed their hearts. Harden their hearts. Did you see the two messages here? Gave them a chance. Yeah. One group went to hell. Did you see that? 
And another group went where? Heaven. To heaven. Because they're dead and gone, folks. This is 2,000 years ago almost. So one group went to hell. And another group heaven. went to heaven. Because they believed in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, all, not, not all those Jews went to hell. That's not what he's saying there. Because some of them did believe. But there were a number of them that opposed and hardened their hearts. And Paul said, you are not worthy of eternal life. That group went to hell. Why these Gentiles that believe went to heaven? Powerful, huh? Mm -hmm. In verse 49, and the word of the Lord was being spread throughout all the region. That means Paul and Barnabas were busy. But not by themselves now, because they got some help, Mr. David. These new converts, what do you think new converts do? Yeah, baby. They're instant witnesses. Amen? Amen. When you got saved, could they shut you up? Why you shut up now? <laughs> I'm messing with her. <laughs> anyway, right, right Deke? Yeah. I tell you, when you witness the powerful movement of God, you want to see it more and more and more. And that was one of the things I had to confess to the Lord. When the Holy Spirit some time back was showing me the supernatural things that God was getting ready to do with me in a dream. And in that dream, I told the Holy Ghost, please don't show me that. I'm scared. And you know what he said to me? And really, the Holy Spirit spoke to me in a dream. And he said, I'm about to give you the spirit of discernment. He said, now I'm going to show you the spirit world. And in the dream, I said to him, please, Holy Ghost, don't show me that. I'm scared. And his response to me was, nevertheless, I'm giving it to you anyway. So God didn't care about my emotions. <laughs> he said, this is what I'm going to do for you, for me, for the glory of my son Jesus. Huh? And sometimes I see things that I try to tell y'all, I can't tell you what I just saw. I don't know how to explain it. God does. Amen? I know it's hours late. We're finishing up. And uh, you all been a great Great bunch of people for the Lord today. We started off kind of cold, but glory be to God. Amen. Shelly, the lonesome rains are singing up here, singing, this you do good for the Lord. Yes, baby. Yes. And Miss Vicky got pumping up. Come on, girl. Give it to the Lord. And she had to wake that drum up, too, and say, come on, Harvey. Let's do it. Let's do it. And Mr. David said, you ain't got to warm me up. I'm ready. <laughs> Amen. And that's right. Break every chain. And I see all y'all coming in. It's so good to see you back. Oh, God, we missed you so much. We're glad that you're here. And uh, as, as we close this out by the Lord Jesus Christ, but the Jews stood up the devout and prominent women and the chief men of the city raised up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and expelled them from their region. But they shook off the dust from their feet against them and came to Iconium. 
And the disciples were filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. Sometimes things are not going to go pleasant for you. Even though you've just seen a great work of God. On Mount Carmel, the great prophet of God had done a great work for him, the prophet Elijah, by killing, by challenging the false prophets of Baal. And when God did that great miracle, Ahab, King Ahab, Jezebel's husband, went back and told her what had happened to her prophets. And she put a bounty out on Elijah's head. Yeah, Jezebel. And what happened? Fear entered that great man of God's heart. And he took off what? Running. And he ran for some days. Dropped his servant off in one location down by Beersheba. Beersheba. And he kept going. And he hid himself in a cave. But before he got there, the angel of the Lord intercepted him, didn't he? He says, eat and drink and sleep for the journey is going to be long. Amen. Then he woke him up again and said, eat and drink. And this was the first time since the days of Moses. outside our Lord Jesus. Well, Jesus hadn't come yet. This, this is about... Somewhere about seven to eight hundred years before our Lord come in. Guess what happened? This great man of God still filled with fear. Even after the angel came and strengthened him. And that man did not eat or drink for 40 days and 40 nights. He's still running, Shelley. Hiding in a cave until the father showed up himself. Isn't that wonderful how God showed up and found his son? Yeah. He'd been watching him all along. It was Jesus in the spirit. He went and found him and said, Elijah, what are you doing here? Sometimes the spirit says that to us today. When things of this world frighten us, <coughs> Paul and Barnabas, when that crowd become hostile, and with the right women, you can get some stuff going. <laughs> I don't want to sound like a bigot, but, but, but I've seen, even in law enforcement, we'll go into a club to arrest people, and the women will start, well, no, let me, I'm not going to bash women. That's not what this is about. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I want to leave it alone, Lord. <laughs> but the good news is the spirit was not quenched in those brothers. Amen? Amen. Just like God strengthened Elijah. Okay? He still had a work to go back and do before God took him home. Paul and Barnabas still had a work to do. So they had to go on to the next town. Their work there will finish. Okay? Because now who you think going to carry on the work? People from that town. Yeah. The new converts, right? The new disciples of Jesus Christ. 
Because they knew the scriptures. And now that they've been shown that Jesus is the Messiah, whoo, boy, they got a lot of scriptures to go back and talk about, don't they? Uh-huh, yeah. Husband and wife back there cutting up in the middle of church. <laughs> so, as we now are at the close of this chapter, long chapter? Nah. Powerful words? Yeah, baby! Amen. The power in the name of who? Jesus. The power in the name of who? Jesus. Power in the name of who? Jesus. Yes! Yeah, didn't that Cobra sing great today for the Lord? Boy? He was busting my ears up here. <laughs> Woo! Look at that boy. Got a nice haircut, too. I don't know who gave him a haircut. Nice. To God be the glory. But you know what? The Holy Spirit is pleased with you all today. And, yeah. And God is awesome. Jack is sitting in the back. This, she went out and came back. Amen. She's getting the word. And, and, and you know, another thing too, as we close out this, don't discount who the Spirit could reach and who He can't. Okay? You can only talk to the flesh. Spirit talks to... Say it again. Yes, baby. He goes into that shell to the real you. And it speaks to the real you. Amen? Amen. <laughs> so to God be the glory. Uh, probably starting next week, I'm going to change the order of service a little bit. I want to get these deacons more involved in the service. <laughs> so I'm going to sit down with these two probably Tuesday evening after a prayer meeting so that we can lay out the new order of service. Amen? Amen. Because don't y'all want to see y'all brothers in Christ at work more in the service? Yep. Because it's not a long range of job up here. <laughs> Maybe we need to lay hands on him. <laughs> okay? To God be the glory. <laughs> But uh, wonderful, wonderful things. Would you turn in your Bible to the sixth chapter of the book of Numbers? And we're going to start in verse 22. Will you kindly go and retrieve your Bible? <laughs> and will you stand behind the podium? Of course you will. <laughs> So as you turn to Numbers chapter 6, you go, girl. I want you to know this. As he's, about, he's going to do the blessings. He, he doesn't know that, but that's what he's about to do. It's, it's known as the Aaronic Prayer. Okay? That's the Old Testament. That's, that's the fourth book of the Bible, just in case you didn't know it. Number four in the Torah. Are, are you there? I'm picking a little bit, right? <laughs> Too many numbers. Too many numbers to God be the glory. Well, come on, somebody, and tell the Lord thank you. God, come on, you can do it. Tell the Lord thank you again. Yes. And so, with every head bow, come up here, Kobe. 
I want you all to know that Jesus loves you just like he loved this baby. And unless you come to him like a little child, you cannot inherit the kingdom of God. I'm asking you now in the presence of God and the Holy Spirit and our Lord Jesus Christ, have all of you accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Amen. If you have, let me see your hands. All right, to God be the glory. Because we want folks around the world to know that there's no other way to God but through Jesus. Amen. Amen. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, in whom we preach today, was crucified, buried, and rose again on the third day, just as the scripture said so. He is the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant found in Genesis chapter 12, starting in verse 1, when God called Abraham out. And in verse 3, after he told him the wonderful things, he said, I will make your name great. He says, and you will have a family. And through your family, I'm breaking it down in layman's term. He said, you will be a blessing to all the families of the earth. We witnessed that in Acts chapter 13 today. As the gospel of Jesus Christ began to go out to all the earth, to the nations. That was the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant. Do know that people. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is the only one who can bless the families of the world. For God so loved us that he gave who? His only begotten Son. That is the fulfillment of the Abrahamic covenant. And what this young man is about to read is a part of the blessing that began with the nation of Israel that goes on out through the Lord Jesus Christ unto us. So every head bow. Bless God's people, please. The Lord bless thee and keep thee. The Lord make his face shine upon me and be gracious unto thee. The Lord lift up his countenance upon me and give thee peace. And they shall put my name upon the children of Israel and I will bless them. Said the Lord. Dick and Amelia. Will you close us in prayer, please? I'm getting them involved. Every Sunday at the end of service, you're to give God's people a blessing by reciting the, the ironic prayer. Okay. Bow your hands. Heavenly Father, we come before you. We come, Lord, thanking you for this day, for, for the word, for the message, Father. And thank you, Lord, that you have truly blessed us with with your word and we we are reaching and wanting more and father we ask that you just give us the word and so we can give it out to others this is not just for for listening but it's for listening and doing yes lord listen to thank you lord lord i ask that you bless your children for their faithfulness they've been here on on Sunday after Sunday, they're so faithful, Father. I ask that you would bless their needs, bless them spiritual, bless them physical, Lord. 
In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Also, Sister Vicki, would I like in the future for you to give a song, even a song like this, Power in the Blood, make that our closing song, I mean, uh, uh, break every chain every Sunday as we get ready to walk out. I want God's people to go out of here on a group. You can start it next Sunday, but okay. Before the prayer? No, no, right after the prayer, okay. Um, everybody, hold on a minute. There's a word. What's the okay. calendar? So, um, we had a business meeting scheduled for July 10th, but if everyone's all right with it, we want to switch that business meeting to after communion on the 17th and go to Allen Chapel on the 10th. Okay. Allen Chapel on the 10th of July? Yeah. Make note. That's right around the corner. It's just a couple of blocks away. Yeah. We've been reaching out to other churches, and I'm telling you, it's a blessing, isn't it? It's the other church with a bell. Yeah. Yes. So that's in July. Is everyone all right with switching the business meeting to the next week? Don't switch it. All right. Everybody in favor? Listen, listen, guys. Everybody in favor that the business meeting on July 10th will be switched to July 17th. All right. All in favor, say aye. 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 It's good. Good, good. You can switch it. All right. God bless you. I have something to do on that day.